Casey on the Island, y'all. Thank you so much for hanging with me. I am your host, Casey Johns. You guys can find this show exclusively on the AIM Country Network, which is featured on Roku, Fire TV, Comcast On Demand. I'm so excited to be partnered with these guys. They are so amazing over there. Um, if you are traveling and uh, you want to listen to an audio version of this, if say you're on a plane or a road trip or whatever, you guys can find this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, you guys. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Let the AIM Country Network know if we're doing a good job and uh, leave us a little review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, come see me live. Uh, last weekend, I just did a show in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and that was so much fun. If you want to see some pictures or some videos, you guys can find me on social media. It's under KC Johns. And uh, so this weekend, I'm actually playing at a little bar called 10th Inning on Snowden Grove area right there in North Mississippi. Um, I'm playing with my uh, really good friend, Donnie Mars. He's a fantastic drummer, part of the band uh, Gabby Johnson back in the day. And uh Saturday, I will be at Uncle Bubba's and still kind of the same area. It's in North Mississippi area. I mean, I'm going to be with a band called Furious George. And uh, man, I'm so excited to play with these guys because some of these guys, like I said, were from the band Gabby Johnson. And these guys, I used to look up to them when I first started playing in music. And uh, they were huge in the North Mississippi, Memphis area. So uh, come and hang out with us. Um I just had a brand new single come out on the radio. It's called Always Me When I'm With You, if you guys want to check it out. But like I said, I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff without you guys. So thank you so much for just being a part of of what I'm doing and hanging out with me and um, just just being you guys. So thank you so much. Um, We have an amazing guest today. His name is Jake Taylor, and uh, he was actually the first musician that I met when I first moved here to Nashville. And um, he's honestly just, he's one of my best friends. And I knew it would just fuel my soul and be so good for for me to have him on the show. And uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this interview. If you are interested in being on the show, um, if you have any questions or comments or or whatever, you guys can email me at kc.johns at yahoo.com. Yes, I still have a Yahoo account and I'm not ashamed about it. But here we go. Introducing Jake Taylor. Ever gone out hunting or fishing? Nothing but a case of beer. Spent your whole day with no fish on the line, not seeing a single deer. You ever driven through the mud in a pickup truck just because you can? Or gotten a fight over a girl just to prove you were a man? Cause you know deep down we're all just good on board. Fixing to insane y'all instead of all of you Trading your doctors in leather shoes For some more out jeans and cowboy boots Drinking shine from a mason jar In a field of hay staring up at the stars You've ever done anything that I've said Your neck's a little red 
Welcome back to Casey on the Island. Today I have Jake Taylor, Nashville's famous man. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I didn't know I had that moniker. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so good. It's good to see you. It's nice to see you too. So Jake and I have known each other for what, three years now? I don't know. It feels like a lifetime already. Maybe maybe longer than that. Maybe yeah. four years at this yeah. point. It's hard to be your friend. It's been like, what, 25 years? <laughs> it's been way too long. Let's just, just say kidding. that. Like three, three or four years, yeah. <laughs> well, you were like the very first person that I met here in Nashville. Yeah. Literally the first day I walked the streets of yes. Broadway, you were yeah. the very first musician that I met. Uh, at the time, uh, Broadway was literally my home. Um, I would go home to sleep every once in a while, but I was down there anywhere from 10... 12 hours a day. So it's likely, yeah. yeah I, when I got to know you that very first day, like you were telling me, so actually I think what happened, uh, your show actually got canceled that yes, morning because uh, the Valentine's where we met and yeah. they're redoing the floors. They're redoing the floors. So, so our, I'm sure yeah. you had a nice like vocal day off. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. But once I got to know you more, you were doing, I mean, two to three shows a day, yeah. like six days a week, seven yeah. days a week. I don't know six, how you, seven days a week, uh, three and a half to four hour sets. I don't yeah. know how you were doing that. I don't, um, I don't know how you still do that. <laughs> well, due to the world that we live in now, it's not as often as I mm -hmm. would uh, have done it before in the past. But yeah, um, you build up an endurance just like anything else. If you do it long enough, your body gets used to a particular way. And I've, I've been lucky and blessed over the years to be trained in such a way that I was able to uh, to withstand the... <laughs> the abuse that I put myself, my, my, Your my voice, <laughs> my voice, well, my body as well. Yeah. Um, Holding know, up a guitar and, and still being, uh, also, uh, you know, different aspects of each musician on the stage. Like I'm a uh, lead guitar player by trade. Uh, so there's lots and lots of physicality that goes into, you know, the multiple millions of notes that get played in a day's time. So yeah, physically and vocally, it was a, uh, it was a fun trip. So you are literally one of my favorite guitar players Aww. ever. Thank you. Um, and I'm sure many other people would say that as well. So how did you like get started? Like where, where are you from originally? How did you get started playing so, uh, guitar? I got started in music when I was very, very little. My dad, um, my dad's dad actually, it goes even further back than my dad. My, my grandfather, who I didn't really get a chance to know, he passed away when I was only uh, a couple of years old. Uh, but my grandfather was a square dance caller. Yeah. Wait, what's uh, a square dance caller? A square dance caller uh, was basically, um, it was a type of dance that was done um, back in the probably 50s and the 60s, mostly. Um, maybe before then, too. Like Square dancing has been around for a long time, but it was what people did on the weekends. It's okay. kind of like going to a nightclub now. Like, people oh, know what to do in a nightclub. okay. But... A nightclub has a DJ, and the DJ is kind of like the director of what happens to the people that are dancing. Back in the day, they had uh, a band full of musicians that were usually playing acoustic instruments with maybe one or two mics to, to mic them up, typically no mics at all. Yeah. Uh, and they would gather in either uh, a, like a pole barn or something like that. A and pole Yeah, barn. no, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, they... Uh, they would gather on the weekends and my grandfather would play guitar and would call 
the next move, like swing your partner, uh, do si do, like they had oh, all okay. kinds of different. I have seen that. Okay, so they had all kinds of different dance uh, moves, and these people uh, that were dancing at that time, if they were into square dancing, knew all the calls. Mm-hmm. So he would be up there, and he was the one that would get the entire room to be moved by what he was saying next like swing your partner do si do and then the whole room would all do si do that's incredible um, so my father grew up uh with a father that was very musical and so it uh, it instilled in him his passion and desire to want to be musical as well so my dad started a band in 1980 and it was a country band and uh yeah so from the time uh i i could remember being two years old, my dad had band practice at our house. Mm-hmm. So from two years old on up, it was like I was surrounded by You're music. surrounded by it, yeah. Like, yeah, every uh, every once in a while in the middle of the week somewhere, the entire band would show up and we'd move the furniture in the living room and they'd set up their <laughs> drum kits and, you know, their bass guitar rigs and, and they would practice their songs. And uh, uh, I was hooked probably from, from the earliest of times I can remember. Mm-hmm. And as I got older... Um, I started showing the signs that I was really into what my dad was doing because I was watching so much of what was going on. I have been built from the beginning as someone who is so detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have, um, I have a photographic memory. Uh, if I apply my, which is very true, my efforts to it. Um, uh, there are things that I don't recall if I look at it and don't actually, you know, feel like it's going to be retainable. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I would watch my dad play and I could see the shape that he would put his fingers in. Before I ever picked up an instrument, I remember walking up to my dad on several occasions, probably like five and six years old and saying, you know, dad, what chord is this? And I would show him, you know, what position my fingers are in. He'd go, oh, that's a, that's a D. I'm like, that's cool. And like I, for a couple of years, uh, until we actually, uh, it's very cool. Um, my dad got the three of us kids. I've got an older brother and a younger sister. He got the three of us. We always used to get one big Christmas gift every year. Yeah. And for Christmas one year, um, he gave us a guitar, an acoustic guitar for all three of us kids. And uh, <clears throat> a VHS uh, video of how to play guitar. And I took to it. Um, my brother took to it a little bit, but I, uh, I started playing guitar back then when I was about seven years old. Mm-hmm. I was almost eight. I think I was like three months shy. Of being oh my eight, gosh. Eight years old. And, I can't uh, believe you've been playing guitar that long. I mean, no wonder you're so good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they say, you know, practice makes perfect. And you know, recently I just saw you post a video the other day, um, with a, a kid that you're actually teaching Danny. Yeah. My student, uh, Danny, uh, Danny, he's amazing. Danny, yeah. Danny Garwood. Uh, Danny is a very cool kid. Um, his, his parents, um, they, they came to Nashville on a few trips a couple years back. And sometimes Danny and his brother were with him as well. And as a family, they were coming downtown to listen to bands play. They were from Chicago at the time. Mm-hmm. And Danny started playing guitar um, three years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's been, yeah, I think, yeah, he started when he was about eight. Um, and uh, they were in the Chicago area. And they, uh, his parents actually sought out a musician in the area who was a mentor and a teacher for Danny for the few years that he'd been playing up there in Chicago, but they just recently moved down here. Mm -hmm. And back in October, 
uh, Stephanie, Danny's mom, got a hold of me and said, hey, we are looking for someone here in the Nashville area now that we moved down here uh, to be uh, a mentor and, uh, you know, a, uh, a teacher for, for Danny on guitar. And I hadn't had a student in I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah. I, I think actually you might have been <laughs> my last student, which was like a couple of years back. I was yeah. teaching, teaching you some stuff. Which, I, which, by the way, I should probably start again. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Um, now that I see Danny play, I need to take some lessons of my own. Oh, that's what I thought. I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? This little kid, if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was so inspiring. The, the little guy's got, he's got soul. He's mm-hmm. got soul like he's, you know, he's got the old old blues soul. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a big fan of, obviously, coming from Chicago, he had probably a lot of Chicago blues influence. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, but he came to me and he wanted to he wanted to play and, and uh, he was stuck at a lot of places uh, a lot of a place where a lot of people get stuck at I should mm-hmm. say and that place is the one where um, the difficulty of what it is you're trying to attain outweighs your desire to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, our impatience or our instant gratification kicks in in a lot of scenarios and stops us from doing something that I think is within all of us if we give ourselves the time. Mm-hmm. So now with Danny, um, over the last couple of weeks, his mom has shared some really uh, just kind words with me, uh, his whole family, actually, uh, her and uh, Mike. Uh, so uh, Danny's mom uh, shared some things with me about the way in which my words of encouragement for mentoring him and the right way to get beyond how do you get beyond that idea that you don't think you can? Mm-hmm. And that has been something we've been working on from the beginning, but just recently really kind of made a, a bunch of headway with where Danny finally got to a point where he's like, okay, well, if I practice, I can actually do this. Yeah. Uh, he had asked me early on, uh, well, I asked him, I said, Hey Danny, what's, you know, what's your favorite solo? What do you want to learn how to play? Yeah. And he goes, well, hotel California. And I was like, that's incredible. I was like, well, that's that's a pretty pretty tough solo, but yeah, we can get there. He's he like, Psh, no, no, no problem. He, no, actually, in the beginning, he was convinced that he wouldn't ever be able to play. He's like, really? oh, man, that's so tough. I don't think I'll be able to play that. And then the video that I posted just a couple of days ago. Oh, he this, killed it. This... Just no nerves whatsoever. Just oh. killed it. Yeah. That was, that was, that was incredible um, to me. We've just, yeah, we've spent the last few weeks working on that, and now we're getting up to the cool part of the solo because... The whole solo in the it's as an entire solo was amazing. Yeah. Um, all that part, all that stuff is great in the beginning, but everybody wants to get to the end, you know. Like, oh yeah. Like, and yeah. now we've worked our way up to this point, and that's what we're working on for this uh, this next lesson when he comes in. We're going to polish that up, and then we are going to practice it and lay it down, and I'm going to play the harmony to that second part. Oh, my and gosh. We're that's going to be so we're going to cool do another the way video. it actually sounds on the record. <laughs> yeah. Note for note. You know what I think is incredible is that you actually take the time like out of your busy schedule to, to, to teach Danny. And I know you're probably not giving guitar lessons out to just anyone, um, and, no, Danny, and maybe you are. I don't know. but uh, Danny's... Uh, yeah, he's he's my only student at the moment. Uh, did have another student. Um, not sure if he's going to continue with his lessons or not, but I'm sure if he wants to, he'll contact me. 
<laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, but Danny is, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't have a whole bunch of extra time to be able to, to teach a lot, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, I was very blessed and, and uh, motivated by the fact that this little guy was so passionate about what mm-hmm. he was doing. And passion is key for me yeah. uh, in anything that you do in life, but especially music for what it is that I've done all these years. Uh, it's always been my passion for what it is that we do that keeps me wanting to learn and to become better at what it is that we do. Yeah. That's amazing. So kind of going back to like your dad and, and how you got into music yeah. a little bit. Um, so you are actually recording an album for your dad, right? Can you, tell me, can you tell me about that process <laughs> and how that's been throughout the COVID Yeah, it's era? Uh, <laughs> COVID did a lot of things for it all did. of us. Um, so my dad being um, in the music industry for a very long time, he came to Nashville himself in 1988 and did some recording here. And turned out he had a bad deal and it didn't work out. Um, the gentleman that, uh, well, I can't, I'd say gentleman because I don't like to use more <laughs> heated verbiage to, um, yeah, to speak of this person who is no longer with us. But anyway, he got a bad deal, my dad did. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that bad deal, my dad never had another opportunity in his career to record an album. Now... With the technology that we have at our, our fingertips in today's world. Yeah, um, I mean, we're literally recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it right <laughs> on here. On the island of my home. <laughs> uh, I acquired the software and uh, the computer hardware necessary to do uh, the mixing and the mastering of an album for my dad. And we have gone through a process that uh, has been incredible, uh, to say the least, um, it's been therapeutic for myself and for himself. Uh, it's given him uh, the opportunity to do something that he's wanted to do his entire life. He's never he's never been able to do it, and we are literally waiting to, just to record his vocals. Uh, COVID's kind of put the brakes on that thought mm-hmm. for a, a few of the, the times that we thought we were going to get together and record them. But uh, I relied on some of our, our local friends here to, to join me on the recording process. I... Uh, and our friend Craig Crowley, he actually did the drum tracks for all 10 songs on He's Dad's another album. fantastic drummer and, in yeah, town. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, rock solid guy too. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, I turned to my friend Sarah Wilfong to play fiddle. Um, Rachel Solomon played the piano for me. And I took the role of bass guitar. Okay. Uh, and thanks to David. Well, you played bass on it? Yeah. Thanks to David Graff, uh, I was able to borrow a bass from him and actually record the bass tracks for my dad's album. Okay. What was your favorite song that you played on the album of playing bass? Uh, there is a song called Heartaches by the Number. Okay. Was this a song that your dad wrote? No, this is a song that uh, Ray Price did originally. Oh, okay. Uh, so we've got seven covers and three of my dad's originals on okay. the album. And this is one of the covers. But it was such a, uh, it was just a swing bass line. I'm not a bass player. I am a lead guitar player with a bass <laughs> in my hands. But it was nice. like. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just had that really cool bass part. And I just, I had too much fun playing it. Um, but <laughs> for budget reasons. Yeah. Um, I tried to play anything with the stringed instruments. So I played bass on it. I played acoustic guitar on it. I played electric guitar, rhythm, and electric guitar solos and leads. Oh, and I also had my good friend, uh, we call him Chief, 
Uh, oh my God, I love Chief. Yeah, uh, Chief is uh, somebody I met early on when I came to Nashville. He's uh, one of the guys that uh, is. He's a great steel player, but he is so humble in his his own reference to what he does that yeah. you wouldn't think that he was good even if you asked him. <laughs> uh, sweetheart of a guy. He's always been one of my favorites uh, since the time I, I first moved here to Nashville, and he was he was able to come along and play some some. Uh, some steel for me. I also got some harmonica played by one of my dad's uh, dear friends who I've known throughout my life, who gave me my first actual guitar lessons when I was really little Yeah. from another human being. His name is Brian Hobbs. He owned the local music store um, in the town that I grew up in. And he also played for my dad for a number of years, played uh, some lead guitar, although he is a bass player. <laughs> That's incredible. And a harmonica player. So we got him to play harmonica on my dad's album as well. He had to remote record him and, in Vermont and then uh, sent them to me digitally. But we've got a whole bunch of love and a whole bunch of people that uh, are, are making the, the, the dream come true for my dad. So because you're like my favorite guitar player ever, um, what like inspired you to actually like, who are your inspirations as far as bands? Like who are some of your like favorite guitar players that you like looked up to besides your dad? <laughs> but like, like, was it the Eagles? Was it, you know, Slash from Guns N' Roses? Was it like, who was your guitar player that you really looked up to? Wow. Um, okay. So there was, there was a few that were inspiring. Um, most of the stuff that came through to me back in the time I was being really influenced by the music that I was listening to, it was the guys that played with soul, the guys mm -hmm. that you could actually hear the soul come through in the recording. So that was a, pretty much the same for a lot of people. You heard Slash. And when you heard Slash, there was no denying that he was there doing yeah. what he did. <laughs> you knew exactly who it was when he was playing. Um, I was a huge, uh, heavy, uh, well, not heavy. I, I would say some rock uh, kind of influences. 80s, 80s rock guitar was where my heart was at. That is why you and I got along so well when um, we first met. Yeah. Okay, if I, if I turn on a solo on a stage, typically... Um, I still use this as a reference. Uh, Rachel Solomon, thank you for the reference. Um, but when you're playing rock solos, your 80s hair determines your tone. So, <laughs> okay. so if you're doing something like Summer 69, Brian Adams' hair was only out to here. Oh, yeah. But if you're going to drop into some Metallica, then your hair is out to here. <laughs> This is how I reference my solos. Typically, if I hit a guitar solo, I imagine my hair is all the way down my back. Oh, yeah. Like it was in the, the late 80s. Um, and uh, I just take off and play from, from that aspect of what I do. But I will say, as really big influences were guys like Joe Satriani, mm -hmm. uh, who was mostly just um, known for his instrumental guitar playing. Occasionally, he would sing. I think that was more or less from the concerts of thousands of people going, sing something. Yeah. After about, you know, four hours of guitar solos, <laughs> I would want to sing something too. Right. Um, but I was inspired by the Eddie Van Halens of the day. Um, there we go. Um, you know, uh, who was it? Uh, Richie Sambora. Okay. Uh, you know, some, uh, some Bon Jovi. Of course. You know. You can't um, go wrong with Bon Jovi. You can't. You can't. And <laughs> I still, you know, there's so many great guitar licks uh, that exist in the world, but there's very few that that hit such a uh, melodic and emotional epicenter. And you mm -hmm. get, you know, like... 
you know. You're so good. <laughs> for for him to come up with something like that and then share it with the rest of the world, that that's just epic. Yeah, um, absolutely. On a, on a scale that I I just love. That's, yeah. That's that's the kind of stuff that it inspires me. So when so, I write, yeah. I write from that that angle. I'm like, how do I write something that's memorable and, yeah. and musical and passionate at the same time? So tell me about writing. Do you do you because of you know COVID hitting, are you able to to write a lot more than what you were able to do? Are you still writing? Like, what is your process of of writing? You know, writing for me throughout my entire career has always been something that I've done only when the inspiration hits me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, there's so many different ways to do things the right way and the wrong way. Yeah. This town, people will tell you, you know, book writing sessions and just make yourself write all the time. Write with other people. Um, learn the process of getting better by other people's, you know, judging of what it is that you do. Or no, judging is probably the incorrect word, but assessment of, you know, word choices, you know, melodic choices, all of those things. And like learn from your peers kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, for the majority of my musical career and the songs that I've written and the ones that I, pretty much the only ones that I really recall, because mm-hmm. I've written hundreds of songs over the years I've been playing. Yeah. The ones I recall are ones that I wrote either by myself or with one other person that had an attachment to an emotion that made sense to the listener after the For song sure. was done. For sure. Um, and to this day, uh, I don't write as often as I could. Mm-hmm. Although I can write, I just don't. I know you. I want to hear one of your originals. Would you mind playing one of your originals? So uh, tell us about this song that you're about to play. <laughs> so this is a song I wrote. Uh, oh goodness, before I think you even moved to town. Uh, before so I that, moved to yeah, town. Yeah. So this is somewhere in that ballpark. So that it might have been right about the same time, about four or five years ago. Um, so the, the the real story behind this was. Uh, <laughs> Nashville and its uh, its idea of romance. If you're a musician who plays on Lower Broadway here in, in Nashville, uh, I met someone who came in from out of town, um, and uh, she was really cool. Um, and at the time, there was no forward thinking at the moment. Um, I was just a single guy, uh, and uh, she was a single girl, and I found her attractive. She thought I was attractive, or that's what it seemed like at the time. <laughs> okay. And the only thing that happened the couple of nights that she was in town, uh, we made out like we were in high school. Oh, like the kind of making out, like oh yeah, like my face is red all the next morning, and like oh my god, I made out too long, and I was the one with the beard. That was weird. (laughs) So uh, anyhow, this uh, young lady, her her name was uh, Jessie, and Mm -hmm. she, uh, after a couple of months of conversing with her back and forth after she went back home, I thought it was really cool. Maybe it could be something. It would have been long distance. But, you know, as a musician, you wear your heart on your sleeve and you kind of leave your mind open to all the possibilities that the world has, you know, for you. Yeah. So at the time, I was pretty excited about her being in my world and we kind of like conversed back and forth mm-hmm. on a daily for a couple of months until she uh, she called me up and it's funny if she ever sees this she's gonna recall this moment in life and actually see my perspective because she didn't really actually get to see my perspective sure do you guys still keep in touch no okay. I know it was no this was <laughs> wow. a this is a, a very done deal at the time okay um she called and asked me to do something she's like hey I've got a favor to ask of you know at this point you know, and conversing with her back and forth on a daily I was like I'll do anything for you whatever yeah. it is what do you want me to do and she said well 
I, I need you to forget that I exist. Oh, gosh, that's dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Never had anybody else ask this oh question of me. Like, that's pretty harsh. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, did I do something? She's like, no. But the guy that I was seeing uh, that uh, I broke up with, you know, a few months back, you know, before she came to Nashville, she'd broken up with this sure. guy she'd been with for a few years. He wanted to get back together and she wanted to give it another try with him. And she said, I need to be honest with him and honest with you. And what I feel for you isn't just you're another friend of mine. What I feel for you is something that I think could be more. She said, but to be fair to him, if I'm going to be fully in this, I can't have friends that I think might be more than friends out there part of my life. Yeah. I was like, well, that's very responsible and grown up of you. That really sucks for me right now. Right. Because that is a very obvious choice that you've made. Like, okay, well, the guy down in Nashville that I just, you know, made out with <laughs> on my girl's weekend to Nashville, eh, forget him. I'm going to go back uh, to this other guy. Anyhow, I was instantly crushed. I was like, oh, wow. Well, yeah. I was like, well, that's pretty harsh. But I, you know, was trying to be, uh, you know, the guy that, stand-up guy, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I can't fault you for being honest with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thank you for that. I'd rather have that than all of a sudden she goes back to the relationship and I find out a few months later that she's been dating a guy and I've just been, you know, on the side, the side guy. <laughs> right, yeah. So it was I've harsh. been there, so. <laughs> You've been the side guy, that's rough. I have. <laughs> so anyhow, I, uh, as, you know, I told you before, I write songs when I am moved to write them and mm-hmm. I was immediately moved to write a song. And I literally just wanted to write down in words what my feelings were about this idea. And like, just, I recorded this song with 20, within 25 minutes, I wrote the song, recorded it and sent it to her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so she's heard it. Yeah. What did she say? Did she respond? There's uh, there's another part of the story that's quite entertaining and I'll share it with you at the end of the story. Okay. <laughs> but I will tell you at the beginning, before I play this song that her and I conversing back and forth for the two months, uh, this is four or five years ago. We weren't Facebook friends. Okay. We were doing texting and we were talking on the telephone back and forth. Um, so we didn't have social media connection for the two months. But I'll tell you a little bit tidbit to the rest of the story here when it's all said. Okay. So here's a girl that said, I need you to forget that I exist because I've got somebody else that I used to date that we're getting back together. And I wrote a song for her. I can't wait to hear this. So what's the, what's the title of this song? Uh... I think I just called it Jesse. Just called it Jesse. Okay. Yeah. I, when it, when I look back on it, I think that's. Have you recorded this? No. You should record it. <laughs> and no one's heard it yet. <laughs> and I'm like, you should record it. <laughs> no, I, I love this song. Uh, when uh, we had some friends come into uh, the Valentine downtown, and um, someone had asked you to play an original, and I had yet, I haven't heard any originals at of your originals at this point. And this was the first one you played, and I was like, ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) So I love this song. Alright, so here we go. Here's a song I want to leave you with Just a few things I want you to know I know your heart chose you you will always be a part of my soul It only took those two days in Nashville 
But to know I wanted you in my life I'm not the kind of guy who throws in the towel But now I have to give you up without a fight Everything is gonna be okay You're doing what's right I won't stand in your way I want nothing but the best for your life So goodbye, Jesse, goodbye you Gotta follow what your heart tells you No matter how hard it seems at times You got your whole life to look forward to It's just a bittersweet moment In our lives but Everything is gonna be okay You're doing what's right I won't stand in your way I want nothing but the best for your life So goodbye, Jesse, goodbye You and him love a girl With such a beautiful soul So I say this one more time before I go Everything is gonna be okay Doing what's right, I won't stand in your way I want nothing but the best for your life And everything's gonna be okay Doing what's right, I won't stand in your way I want nothing but the best for your life So goodbye, Jesse So, the uh, the, the aftermath, I, the aftermath, and the irony of the things that I've done in my life, uh, isn't it ironic? Don't you isn't think? Isn't it ironic? I'll tell you. Don't uh, you think? I recorded the song, like literally written, recorded. The whole idea just was there immediately. I, I was like, I'm writing this down, writing this down. Played it, recorded myself, sent her. Um, a private YouTube link to this video. Yeah. To this day, I still have a private link on YouTube for this. And only myself and her are the only two people that have ever had the link to it. Okay. Now, uh, yeah, she watched the video and I could tell because the counter went up. Sure. And within moments of the counter going up and I knew she had seen it, I, uh, I got a Facebook notification. I'm like, that's odd. So I went and I checked Facebook. She actually sent me a Facebook friend request. Oh. After saying, I want you to forget that I exist. But then I wrote her a song, poured my heart out. She must have felt guilty about letting me down the hard <laughs> way. And then <laughs> and sent me That's a, so funny. 
Yeah. So are you guys still friends no, on Facebook? I, I, <laughs> I have not seen or uh, been updated on anything that's happened in that girl's world since. Well, that's uh, what's so great about writing is that, you know, you write about things that happened in your life. And even yeah. though you don't speak to those people anymore, like they were still a part of they, the You know, uh, the older I get, like I uh, am very thankful and blessed right now to have somebody a part of my life that. Uh, I've not written a breakup song about, which is great. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I think we have enough of those right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm very, very blessed to have Miranda in my life. I love Miranda. I mean, she's just too cute for words. She's you know so I mean? stinking cute. Um, I'm so happy that she's like in our lives and you brought her into my life because today I had a... Oh, no, it was yesterday. Yesterday. I had a question about what I can take... So she's a... Um, She's a flight attendant. Flight attendant, yeah. And uh, had a que- I'm flying out to Wisconsin tomorrow. And I was like, I had a question. About and I don't have her number. So I was like, well, I'll just ask Jake. Oh, hey, I Jake, can I take my double wear foundation on the plane? <laughs> and he was like, well, let me ask Miranda. So I'm so happy Miranda's in our life. You know, <laughs> me too. Because I always run into those same questions. Yeah, I'm sure you do. You know, my, my liquids on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, but the stories about the things that we go through and the songs, like I tell people still to this day, uh, especially our friends Jeannie uh, and Mike, they were like, we we kind of relate a little bit to the story that made up that song, which is how uh, they kind of became instant fans. And mm-hmm. they were just in town last weekend. This is five years later, I guess. Oh, yeah. So it's been at least wow. five years uh, or four years, four years. Four later. years. Yeah. Um. And it's, it's, uh, I tell people that I got a great song out of the experience. Um, yeah. I probably could have done without the heart crushing <laughs> experience and just made up the story, but it's never as good to say. It's never as good. Never and good. honestly, I feel like people can tell when you're being genuine and when you're not. So when you're, when you, when you write such a heartfelt song like that, it's people just, they feel it. And that's why those, that's why your friends, they felt that so hard because they were like, well, we relate to this in this type of way because it was so genuine. Exactly. Yeah. So that's beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you very much. So you've been playing with the Moonshine Outlaws, right? Downtown. I do. I play so with tell the Moonshine. Us, tell us a little bit about like how you got into that. How long have you known those guys? And <sighs> I feel like, um, the founder of the group, D.B. Chase, uh, D.B. and I met when I used to play for another group called Mustang Sally back in the day. Um, D.B. was a club owner here in the Nashville area. Oh, and I didn't know he was a club owner. Yeah, he had a place called D.B. Chase's or Chase's nightclub. I can't remember. I did if not I know the, that. D.B., if I get that wrong, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> we just called it Chase's. We knew it was a club. Um, but the group that I played for, they knew him. Uh, and... Uh, I think that's the first time we met. I, I, I played his club a few times with the, that particular group. And then mm-hmm. uh, when I got off the road in uh, 2015, somewhere in that area, um, I just went back to playing shows downtown Nashville. And sometime a couple years later, I ran into him and um, his drummer Speedy and I had done shows with another artist downtown. And when they started looking for a another guitar player for their group they wanted a second guitar player and a second or another singer they're all the guys in the band sing Mm -hmm. uh i think speedy threw my name in the hat db had actually heard me with the mustang sally group and i I came in and i you know tried out as they say here in town and uh 
and it was a good fit. And we've, we've actually been playing together for like three years now, something like that. That's yeah. amazing. So cool. where can people find you, uh, downtown? Where Nowhere can people... right now. What? <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. Um, we have some shows coming up, uh, but, uh, our regular schedule has been altered a little bit because the place that we play, uh, the lucky bastard saloon, which is downtown Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, has been under renovations for the last few weeks. They're doing a big, uh, a big renovation to turn it into the actual full version of the new bar. Cause okay. it was an old bar that they bought a couple of years ago and they finally got around to getting contractors and things due to COVID. There was all kinds of delays in their renovation and right now they're closed down. So our typical okay. work week, which is normally Thursday, Friday and Saturday playing at that club. Uh, we aren't playing there right now. They're, okay. they're closed down until at least, uh, second week of March or even the first week okay. of April possibly. So basically you're saying people just need to go find you on Facebook and then you'll just post your schedule. Oh, if I ever for- <laughs> posted a schedule, that would be something. My fans would probably love me for that. I have never posted my schedule. So how are people supposed to find you? A lot of the people that come to this town that know me um, will send me a private message when they're coming into town okay. because okay. because I got to a point where my schedule changed so frequently that sure. trying to update and then people would literally make plans to come down to Nashville because they knew they were going to be able to see me here, there, or this other place. Right. And I was letting people down because shifts would get canceled, which happens a lot in this town. It does. Um, Or just things would just change. I'd end Mm -hmm. up playing on a different floor. They would come and, and, you know, like be ready to watch me on the stage first floor, but somehow I got moved to the rooftop and they didn't know that. And then they just leave. (laughs) And then they just, they're like, oh, we, sorry, we missed you. Right. And they're, or I, you know, I post the stage is where I'm playing. Forget to put the rooftop or some. Sure. So I stopped posting my schedule for people. If you come into town, if you would like to, you know, (laughs) find me on Facebook, send me a message, say, where are you going to be? That's the easiest. That's the easiest. You're also doing music videos now. So you've recorded a couple of my (laughs) music videos. Um, um, you did a whiskey break and, uh, my first single on the album. And then you also did, uh, you did, a, uh, I think I've done Thunder. like, I think I've done like six and then or we seven did no more chances. So every single single that we've had, you've done the music video for. Yeah. Cause so are you, is that something that you like, how has that process been for you? Has that been a really fun process to learn about? Like, cause obviously COVID kind of forced us to learn and, and do, other things like everything moved to Facebook live or Instagram live or, yes. you know, TikTok, And, uh, so like, how has that process been for you? It's been very interesting and incredibly rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first contemplated getting into getting back into, cause there was parts of my life that I have, I have dipped into the idea of every aspect of, of this career that we're a part of. Mm-hmm. At one point in my life, uh, I was a radio DJ because, like, I just wanted to know all the ins and outs of the things that, you know, were seen from different perspectives of the industry we're in. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was into videography for a minute. I, I've done website design. I've done, you know, social media, this, that, the other things. And the idea of uh, a video shoot came up with the song um, that you had written with Tim Angston, uh, Colin Cross, and Mac Watt. That was the, the first video that I had contemplated getting back into doing videography. Okay. So at the moment when that song was recorded, you guys, like I was there during the studio process when you guys were all doing your vocals for it. Mm -hmm. And I think I even threw some of my ideas at the wall to see if they'd stick about different ways to sing the harmony parts as you guys are moving through the song. Some cool ideas for that too. Um, And then later on, uh, 
when Tim came back around to do guitar parts, I actually get to play the guitar on that track as well. So I was invested because it was something that you guys were doing and you guys are all friends and I'd known you. And I was like, I just, I would love to be a part of this to like shoot the music video. Yeah. And uh, Steven was involved in in that video because we used his apartment. That's right. As uh, the morning uh, scenes for that particular video. Which were beautiful, by the way. Okay, let me just talk about like that just briefly. That music video shoot was the longest day ever, but it was so much fun. I mean, we had to be there at what five thirty in the morning. We were we were going for that golden hour. The, uh, yeah, it's it's it only happens uh, obviously for anybody that's into photography and videography. They know it happens uh, for sunrise and sunset, and it's a, a very particular. Uh, it's about a forty five minute window to get the best yeah. of the best for sunrising and the sun setting so jake's jake calls me and he's like hey can you be there at 5 30 i'm like you know i'm a musician you don't even get up that early what are you talking about just stayed up for the night before. so we're all taking shots at like 5 30 a.m like trying to wake up <laughs> it was a good day it was a good day and then we filmed the rest of it that night uh um, yeah that was a it was a long day but uh it was so much fun which by the way you did an, an amazing job on the Thank video you. you've done awesome on all of my music videos and uh are you looking to do more? Yeah, I just, it was one of those things. Um, my life has, has been very blessed and I end up where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And things, things that I find myself passionate about or excited about usually lend, lend themselves mm-hmm. to be the next path. That's going to be another, you know, they're little tangents that I, yeah. I, I know at the heart of everything that makes up who I am, it's the music. Mm-hmm. It's my ability to get on a stage and sing for people. That's where I'm centered. That's where I am the most uh, best self version of myself. I don't know if that's going to make any sense to the rest of the world, but yeah. I see myself as that guy. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other things that I, I love and that I'm interested in that I like to be a part of. And uh, I've always wanted to be surrounded by people that are, are elevating themselves and, and being successful and I, I love being a part of that process as well. So mm-hmm. being a part of the video aspect of capturing people as they're doing things to, you know, elevate or motivate themselves to pursue whatever it is they're doing mm-hmm. musically. Um, I'm inspired by that as well. So it's just another avenue for me to reach out and be creative in a way that it's not musical, but yeah. I still have, you know, it's my stamp on it at the end of the day. Right. So no matter what it is that we're doing, like we had a recent video that we did for your Valentine's release. Yeah. Uh, always me, always me when I'm, when with, I'm with you. And uh, we were talking about video ideas and like trying to figure out if there's something that we could record, you know, on cell phone technology. Mm-hmm. And in the nine months that I have been investing in the knowledge that I've gained from working with the cinematic camera that I've got, um, I was like, I don't know, try it, see what happens. And I, it, it did was, not work. It did not work. <laughs> uh, but it was so cool because like, you don't know until you try. Correct. Yeah. And I've learned so much thanks to actually a big thanks to you and your motivation right to now. To me? Yeah. <laughs> see, you are I thought, also. I was hoping you'd say YouTube because that's where you are. That's where you learned all that stuff. <laughs> well, I learned it for a specific reason though. It's yeah. like. Um, after we did the carry me home video a day before my camera, uh, for anybody that shoots, uh, they'll know what I'm talking about. For those of you that may not be into it, 
you can uh, gear up your camera like with all of this like camera cage and then you can fasten accessories to your camera. You can put it on a stabilizer and a gimbal system that allows mm-hmm. you to carry it around with you um, that takes away the vibration and shake from a handheld camera perspective. There's yes. so many things about it. I only had the camera and when I shot Carry Me Home. Mm-hmm. Doing that video was completely handheld. And there's mm. videos of me actually videoing you guys. And I look back on it like, how did I go through this entire day's worth of video shoot without ever having... A tripod. I had one tripod. Oh, you only had one. Yeah, I had one tripod that we borrowed for the shoot. But everything that was handheld, I didn't have a handheld device. Oh, my gosh. And I still... I kind of cringe at the, the video work that I did in it because like, I see all the stuff that could have been sure. not as shaky. Anyhow, all that to be said... I have learned so much along the way, like about the gear, about how to present it how, and, and how to capture the thing that I want to capture. Because I, on the inside, know exactly what I feel like when I'm in front of a camera and I want it to be seen. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, how do I make other people look like I feel on the for inside? Sure. And that's what I've been doing. Okay. So my last question for you is that like, so you had a single called... Uh, your neck's a little red, right? <laughs> yeah. So how is the process of, because you, you did a music video to that and it's on YouTube. You can find it. Your hair is amazing. Um, that was a joke. Too soon. Um, <laughs> no, but how was the process of doing that music, music video and being in front of the camera and then now kind of being behind it? Like you're doing music I, videos for other people now. I got to see uh, an aspect of... Uh, that industry from the viewpoint of someone who... I didn't know that I wanted to know. He's one of those kind of people. Like I moved to this town, like thousands of people probably like me thinking that if I was going to pursue any dream in music, I want to be the next Garth Brooks. Mm -hmm. I wanted to achieve a level of success that everybody knows my name and that I'm known as, as the good guy, you know, like he's the guy that, Oh, he wasn't even supposed to be here at this uh, CMA fan fest event. He showed up and then he stuck around long after all the other artists had left oh, yeah. and and like had some Guinness Book of World Record like 11 or 12 hour signing. I don't know if those are their actual time. Like he was there for a long time because he just knew that the fans were what made him. I moved to this town with the idea I wanted to be the next Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. And when you move to this town with that idea and having Garth as the focal point of where I was inspired to go to in my career, uh, a few years later, I met... Garth Brooks' videographer, who was with him on the road for a number of years, uh, Greg Travis. And through happenstance, Greg ended up being the guy. Now, you and I know that we've worked on your Kickstarter video where I recorded for you Mm -hmm. a video clip to tell people about your project. Yeah. When I went to do my Kickstarter project, at the time that I did it, Greg was the person that I turned to as a camera person, but like he owned his own television studio here in Nashville at the time. Uh, he was a liaison for entertainment tonight for anything that was kind of oh, centrally wow. located like this. He had just the career he has had has been amazing. That's he's, incredible. He's, he's uh, no longer here in Nashville. He's out West somewhere. I think he's in California um, <laughs> living his best life. Hopefully <laughs> anyway, I turned to him and he recorded uh, that video for me. I, was being recorded for this video shoot by Garth Brooks's videographer. And like, I, you know, was able to see all the little, little things that he did and pick up on the ins and outs of what was happening. And, uh, 
he had a, an assistant with him who was also doing kind of what they call B-roll camera footage. Yeah. Um, and seeing all the behind the scenes stuff of the equipment that they used, you know, how they set things up. And then, you know, the whole edit when it was given back to me about just how things looked. Um, it was it was such a great experience to be on that side of the camera because every time I turn the camera on somebody now, I can see that version of myself. Then. Sure. Um, I did another session today with uh, another artist uh, that we work and I'm going to name drop because everybody has to name drop Billy Smiley. What a awesome, great dude to know. He's amazing. Like the work that I've done with you allowed me to meet Billy. Mm -hmm. And then Billy has continued putting me to work with the other artists that he works with so I can continue the videography side of who I'm supposed to be right now. Sure. So I did another session today with another artist and all of that stuff came through in conversation with him as well about, you know, what it's like to be on the receiving side of this. I was yeah. like, you got to shake out the nerves. I was like, give me you, just be you. Because mm -hmm. you're not trying to convince somebody that you're different, but we all get in our own heads about when you turn the camera on, you're like, who am I supposed to be? No, that's very true. I've done that before. Yeah. If there's too much self-reflection about like, I hope I'm, you know, the person that you guys all think I am or man, I really hope I sing this, you know, the best that I can sing because I don't want anybody to think I'm not good. Absolutely, yeah. If, uh, you know, I've got to a point in my life where I've realized I'm just who I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you what I've got. That's all I can do. So I don't spend a lot of time in that little space in your own mind going, I wonder what this is going to look like to somebody else. Yeah. I just give it the best of what I got from here. And, and hopefully it comes through because it definitely does passion and love, you know, it definitely does. So I'm so excited that you came on the podcast. I'm so, so excited. Um, so you and I actually wrote a song. We did write a song <laughs> together. Can we, can we do this? Song? Yeah, I think we should. Um, Jake and I wrote this song. Um, gosh, I don't even know. Uh, it's, it's, my first year in town, maybe my first second year, year your in first, town? your first year in town. Yeah. We got together and, uh, we were like, let's, let's, let's just write, you know, let's just see what happens. And this was, a. Uh, this was a really fun song because you, you of all people knew the direction that I was going musically and uh, you came in and you, you're almost like an artist development manager, I swear, <laughs> because you walked in and you were just like, I, I should, know exactly what you want to say. Uh, I should develop my own career. <laughs> so uh, we wrote this song called No More Mrs. Nice Girl and uh, we have, we haven't recorded it. Um, we've not recorded it yet. Um, we've got some drum tracks. Uh, that Craig recorded for us. Yeah. Which I still have to pay you for. <laughs> but I, I hope we get to like put this song out there and, and hopefully I, 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 hope I would so love for this I've to always, make a record. You know what? Um, there was a, a couple of years where Miranda and Carrie, both of them had such great angsty songs, you yes. know, like girl power, like, you know, I'm not going to be treated like uh, garbage anymore. I'm going to stand up and you're going to hear me sing it at the top of my voice. Exactly how I feel about this. And I was like, you need to have, you need to have one of those songs. And yeah. Like one of the things that I've always pointed out about you is you're like the walking embodiment of Disney. Like you're almost <laughs> too, you're almost too happy all the time. With that being said, I was like, you need, you need to kind of, you got to have a little bit of that. Like I will, I will fight <laughs> for the things. Give me some edge. <laughs> like I, I, I got to get that little bit of like, I'm going to fight for this. You got to get yeah. it outside of you. So this was a really fun, right. Uh, because I feel like we actually did get a little bit of that, you know, that little, that, 
that bite in the butt. We really you know, did. Like, yeah, like, we gonna, nailed this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you how it is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So. And we played this one downtown a lot, and um, when we wrote it, we were playing it everywhere, and uh, we got really good feedback from it. So. We did. I was excited about this one. So. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's it called again? No More Mrs. Nice Girl. Ooh, no More Mrs. Nice Girl. <laughs> Tightest jeans, highest heels, red lipstick if you ask me how I feel. I'm going out with the girls tonight. Podcast here, here in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for coming on. Casey, thank Thanks you for asking me to be a part of this. You're amazing. I hope we can continue to write together and make. Oh, I think we should probably write another song or something. <laughs> it's been long enough, right? I totally agree. Well, thank you so much, man. See you. You ever through the mud in a pickup truck just because you can't? Forgotten to fight over a girl just to prove you 